Hey, you. Yeah, you, the one listening to this podcast right now. I'm guessing you tune into Docs Outside the Box because taking control of your career is really important to you. Now, our sponsor, Provider Solutions and Development, they have a team of experts that are ready to guide Docs just like you through today's job landscape. They've also got exclusive access to hundreds of positions nationwide. So whether you're looking to dive deeper into your specialty work or let's keep it real, you're trying to find a healthier work-life balance, it's important to start the conversation with them right now. Contact them at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. All right, Sarah Ledbetter, you are the Physician Recruitment Manager at Provider Solutions and Development. What's good? How you doing? Great. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent. It is July when we are recording this. Obviously, this is a very interesting time for folks who are coming into residency, as well as those third years, maybe even chief residents who are beginning their um, foray into their chief year of residency. But also at the same time, this is the perfect time for them to start looking for what they're going to be doing afterwards. Also, we got some doctors who have just finished residency, just finished fellowship, and maybe they are trying to figure out what to do next with their life, with their career. Um, So we got you on here to talk about choosing the right type of full-time employment. And what I mean by that is, are you going to be a full-time doc? Are you going to be a part-time doc? Will you do locums? And I think that when it comes down to looking for a position, I think most people who are looking for a position always have in mind that that job, that hospital, that clinic, that private practice is always looking for someone to be completely fully employed. You're here to debunk that theory. Mm -hmm. So before we jump into that, why don't you just introduce yourself and then we'll go right into it. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, my, my name is Sarah Ledbetter. I'm a recruitment manager for Provider Solutions and Development, um, and we provide recruitment services to dozens of healthcare organizations across the country, and we recruit hundred, for hundreds of job opportunities across most specialties. Even trauma and, surgery? Um, <laughs> at some point, I'm sure we have, if not okay, right now. Because a brother may need a job, yo, so I just <laughs> want to make sure I can at least get a job with you guys. Um, well, I've been... Uh, physician and provider recruiter for nearly 10 years, um, primarily in Washington State. And I'm really excited to be joining you here today to talk about some of the trends we're seeing. Okay. So listen, you wrote a journal recently, journal article talking about what people need to know about becoming a part-time physician. If you go Mm -hmm. to this article, guys, there's even like there's two gentlemen there, they're chilling, they're having a hot chai tea or whatever. They're having something, they're getting together and having a good time. And I think that a lot of people nowadays are more concerned about not just being an excellent provider, an excellent um, physician, but also at the same time, they want to have a dope life. They want to have a great lifestyle. Let's talk about this 1.0 FTE, full-time equivalent. Talk to us about what that means and then the different types of employment type models. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start because we'll be using that 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 phrase FTE a lot. Um, it the FTE stands for full-time equivalent. And I think the easiest way to think about it is that it's basically a percentage of time that an employee works. Um, so let's say you have a 40-hour work week, um, which is is very common across co- for companies across the U.S. If a physician's working 40 hours in a 40-hour work week, then your FTE is going to be a 1.0. You lying. Uh, Hold on. So, so just so we clear, are you sure? Sur- like, really? Like 40 hours? <laughs> 40 hours according to 
companies. Yes. What? Because I know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm not even making light. Like I know, like on average, like we are putting in at least sixty hours. I know fifty to sixty hours, and it's like, wait, can I get one point five FTE? Right. I know. No, I completely <laughs> understand the discrepancy. Um, but yes, I seriously is, didn't know that. I did not know it was based off a of forty-hour work week for doctors. Based, I thought it was yes. based off of like, you know, off of residency or something, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So a 40 hour work week is is fairly standard. You might see some variation here and there, but I would say most organizations will have a 40 hour work week as a standard. Um, so is, is there a difference between, sorry to cut you off again, but no, just, that's okay. I'm just, you just threw me for a loop there. I literally thought you were going to say 60 hours, but like, is it the same for clinic versus like someone who's hospital based, like a hospitalist Correct. versus, you know, I don't know, a private, uh, a dermatologist who has a, 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 a clinic? Yes. It would be 40 hours. It would be based on a 40 hour work week. Whether okay. or not people are actually working, that amount is a different story. Okay. But okay. Yes. So that's what an FTE is. If you're working uh, 20 hours out of that 40 hour work week, um, you would be at a 0.5 FTE, which is basically 50%. And then uh, 30 hours would be a 0.75 FTE. Okay. So those options do exist. I know that I've heard a lot about FTE really in the academic world, uh, mainly because, you know, there's so many attendings or so many people when they graduate, they go and work in an academic institution, Mm -hmm. whatever name it may be, if it's Ivy League or whatever academic institution it may be, there's always like additional things that you may be doing, right? Whether you're going to be a program director for something, or you're going to be a part of some organization or some committee or something. And I always hear like, well, I'm not going to be like 1.0 FTE. I may be like 0.8 FTE. And then the rest, the other 20% would be based off of me writing grants or me being a part of this organization or me starting a podcast or whatever it may be, that negotiation that occurs with a hospital. So for me, it's something that I normally heard or I hear about within the 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 academic realm. Does this exist like in community-based situations? Absolutely. Yes. Um it would probably be easiest to describe it as an, an HR type of term um, so that there's standardization um, for employment across the organization. Got you. Okay. So I, I, I found this really interesting because I think that as residents, when we graduate, the number one thing that we're thinking about is, look, we want to get a job. We're going to work. Um, but I think more and more this generation I'm talking about Gen Z's, talking about Gen Mm -hmm. Y's, you know, they're more interested in having that balance, which I think we all Mm -hmm. need to be concerned about. So I've seen a lot more doctors start to ask, hey, is this position amenable to less than 1.0, which in my generation, I'm not used to asking. My wife asked that when she came out of of residency, when we were looking at a job, Mm -hmm. I worked at this one job for locums. And then we said, you know what? We want to work here full-time. I wanted to work there full-time. Then my wife was like, well, actually I want to work part-time. And I was like, well, why are you going to ask them? They're going to say no. Obviously, they're going to say no to that. (laughs) Right? And she's like, well, you don't understand. Like, my part-time, or excuse me, my full-time, or no, no. The way how she described it is, is my part-time work is equivalent to your full-time work as a trauma surgeon. And I didn't understand it until later on down the line that, wow, like, she's just as busy as I am on a part-time basis as I am on a full-time basis. So talk to us about that, because I didn't think this existed at all. Yes, I think you'll see it's part of what you were talking about earlier about, you know, I was thinking it was a 60 hour work week. Um, 
if you think about it that way, where if full-time for most people within your specialty or your, your role is 60 hours, to be able to work part-time means that you would have a more balanced life or an opportunity for more balance in your life. Um, so you might decrease that 60 hours down to 40 hours by taking uh, taking of part-time opportunity. So w- when companies uh, submit an application with you guys, or uh, I don't know application, but when they say, hey, look, we want you to help us find physicians to fill this job, this specialty and so mm-hmm. forth. I'm assuming the majority of them, all of them are like, we expect this to be like a full-time equivalent, like 1.0 full-time equivalent, yes. 100%, right? Um, so if if a job is posted and says, it's a, this is a full-time position, um, then Oftentimes it is, there's opportunity for full-time, but you might have the opportunity to ask, like your wife did, um, could this be a part-time position? Um, and it's up to the it's up to the, the organization, it's up to the hiring team to be able to determine what the possibilities are there. Here's a tip when looking for your next job. Understand your strengths and weaknesses. For example, if you've been practicing for a while, and you know you have a problem with closing charts, then it's important that you find a place that's gonna help you have administrative help, right? So there are plenty of options when it comes to your career in medicine. But just like every patient is different, every physician has their own personal definition of success. And that's where our sponsor steps in. Provider Solutions and Development doesn't bring just one answer for all. They are recruitment experts focusing on who you are before helping you find what you're meant to be. So whatever you're ready for next, they'll help you find it with no quotas, no commissions to get in the way. So even if you're looking for a more collegial feel at work or just, heck, a more healthier work-life balance, they can help find the right fit for you. So reach out today at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. How often are you seeing that nowadays where like, you know, they, you know, a job or excuse me, a, a clinic or a hospital will post a position and then say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're kind of open to, you know, taking less than one, you know, taking a part time position in yeah. this situation. Like how often does that occur? I think it is happening more and more. I think that a lot of organizations are recognizing um, that people that, that especially people who are early on in their careers. um, might might be seeking a little more more balance in their life um that it's a, a, there's a need to create flexibility in their schedule um so i do see organizations uh starting to put in their advertisements open to part time um or open to open to being at least amenable to to the conversation um more than they might have in the past um so yes i see i'm seeing it more and more See, I think that oftentimes there's like these huge disasters that occur or something major occurs that kind of resets everything, right? So COVID mm-hmm. reset everything, right? So a lot of, <laughs> let's be honest, a lot of doctors are like, well, if they're not in critical care or if they're not in ER or if they're in a specialty that's deemed as not essential, I think a lot of them are like, this is something that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how the hell is my position considered non-essential? And I think it's kind of changed the way in which a lot of doctors look at, one, their alliance to a position, two, yeah. making sure that they're as balanced as possible with their finances. And three, 
thinking about what does full-time employment, like what does long-term employment look like with a company? And I think all of those things are changing and it's fluid. So I bet you a lot of people now post-COVID or actually I shouldn't say post-COVID, but like, you know, we're kind of two years into COVID now are just like, well, look, I got to do me (laughs) at this moment. And I got to be very open and honest with what I need and what's going to help me um, to be, you know, the best, not just the best physician, but the best person that's that's out there. So let me ask you a question. When when should, let's say you have a, a, a resident or you have an attending who's looking to work with you guys, when should this come up in a conversation that, hey, I'm looking to change positions, but to be honest with you, just between me and you, I just want to be less than 1.0. Mm-hmm. Is that conversation happening like that on a low low or they should be very open and honest and tell you straight up? I think that it's best to to be open and honest from the beginning, um, especially if it's something that you know might be a deal breaker for you. Um, mm. There's no need to waste any of your own time um, on something that might not be a possibility at all. So I would be very forthcoming um, to a recruiter, um, to a hiring manager in, in the early conversations about what, what it is that you're looking for. Okay, so let's say you're working with me, trauma surgeon, I'm looking for a new position, I'm moving, you know, wherever it may be. And I say, hey, look, um, let's keep it real. I'm trying to do this podcast and I'm Mm -hmm. doing other things. So I'm looking for like 0.75, right? What happens next? Yeah. So as a recruiter, if if you're talking to me, I'm going to present your interests to the hiring team and I'll include what your FTE interests are or what your schedule interests are um, and say, you know, this is has this great background. Um, these are his qualifications. This is what he's looking for. Is this something that we can work with? Um, Do they hang up we- on you when you say that? Or <laughs> no. Uh, well, it, within a few days, uh, potentially <laughs> have a yes or no answer. It might be a yes right away or we'll see what we can do. Let's talk. Let's talk to him and see, you know, while we're trying to figure it out, uh, uh, at least have a conversation. So, so that's how I see this playing out. And we're seeing it a lot um, in different in specialties where I haven't historically myself seen it in the past. Uh, neurologist recently expressed. So neurology is becoming more open to that. Okay. Well, I I've seen candidates from neurology. I've seen candidates from palliative care. Candidates from. Uh, urology, just across different uh, p- primary care is very, it's very common to do part-time and hospital medicine as well. Um, so across different specialties, I'm seeing a lot of interest from, um, from candidates. And, How about surgery? Uh, um, it, in certain surgical specialties, uh, it you is, said urology, it could be. Right? Yeah, yeah. Urology was a recent oh. candidate we, we interviewed. Okay. So they get back to you. They let you know, mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, we're interested in this. Let's move forward. Um, cause I, I'm glad that you, you clarify that because I do think that talking about deal breakers is very important for someone who's coming to you and looking for a specific type of job for them to know what's their absolute, like I'm walking away from the table if I cannot get this. For right. me, I always thought about that. This is something once we go through the process of, you know, interviewing at the place now, probably doing interviews on, on, you know, virtually, and then when the contract comes, that's when you start talking about all those different things. So you're saying talk about that even before you get the contract. I think it's ideal to have the conversation early on. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now, so you mentioned like the primary care specialties. You find mm-hmm. that those are to be, those are the ones that are most amenable to 
part-time work. So why don't we, before we get into anything else, why don't you just mm-hmm. like define for us, what's the difference between part-time oh, work, yeah. locums? And then a lot of times people get confused between part-time work per diem and locums. Like those three things kind of confuse people. Yeah. So I think with part-time versus full-time, you'll actually find some different definitions depending on the company. Um, so in my organization, this is just one example. Uh, full-time employee is either a one point or a 0.9 FTE or above. Uh, and then anything less than that would be considered part-time. Um, I'd say that you'd see some variation in that FTE. Some organizations might consider a 0.75 FTE to be full-time. So it's always good to ask, what is what do you all consider to be full-time um, versus part-time? And one thing you, that I think would imp- be important for everybody to know is that full-time and part-time are guaranteed hours. Like you're guaranteed, mm. the organization is guaranteeing to you, like you'll have this set number of hours on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis, um, whatever the time frame is. Um, so that's that's what differentiates full-time and part-time um, with per diem. A per diem job um, is an employed position. You might hear it called PRN. Um, some people say PRN in exchange for per diem. Um, it's an employed position, but the hours are not guaranteed. Um, so that's one of the main differentiators there. Um, it's you consider it an as-needed basis, um, but you're but you're kind of still employed by that hospital. You are right? still employed. That's okay. correct, and that what is something that different differentiates per diem with locums. So oftentimes, locums providers are not directly employed by an organization, um, and locums work by nature is temporary work. Um, you might be you might be providing coverage for somebody who's on a leave or providing coverage while an organization is recruiting for a full-time employee. Okay. So, hey guys, so for the people who are listening, like my wife currently works at a job per diem and that's something I never heard before. So basically when she works there, just like you said, Sarah, like her hours aren't guaranteed, but they ask her like a month in advance, two months in advance, three months in advance, what can you cover? What weekends can you cover? And then she works that weekend, but she is employed but she doesn't get any benefits except for like the 401k. But if she goes above a certain amount of hours, then they kind of consider her to be a part-time employee. And she may qualify for like health benefits, like, um, you know, uh, healthcare or what have you. She hasn't gotten to that level yet, but there's a provision at this specific job that, you know, if she provides a certain amount of hours, she gets healthcare, she gets CME, she gets certain other benefits, but it would be at a part-time rate and so forth. Um, I mean, at this point, though, when she finishes, though, she gets, you know, she's W-2. Like, she gets, at the end of the year, a huge W-2, and, you know, she's considered an employee, but they can't tell her, hey, you know, we have a a physician shortage. We need you to work, and you're going to work. Like, they can't tell her to do that. Whereas with locums, you know, which we prefer, locums is more of a, hey, you know, like, we want to hire you for your services, and you're going to work with us in this type of fashion. A lot of times, the hospital doesn't provide medical malpractice. They just pay a rate, and then that rate um, is what the physician receives. And in that rate and that total amount, that's what the physician is supposed to use to pay for their medical malpractice, their 401k, 
any other benefit that you would think an employed doctor is supposed to use, that rate on a per hour basis is supposed to hopefully cover that. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We do Renee works per diem. I work 100% locums. And I think that depending on where you live, depending on what your specialty is, it kind of depends on what you want. But I think a lot of people don't understand those differences and don't even know that those differences exist. So question then, let's talk about the benefits though. So between, you know, like let's talk CME, pay time off. I'm looking at my list, other benefits out there, salary. What's the difference part-time, full-time, per diem? How does all that stuff work? Yeah, that's a, this is a great point and something that you'll definitely want to clarify with, with organizations as you are exploring different opportunities. Um, I would say that for anything less than a 1.0 FTE, you're going to want to confirm what the benefits are. Um, things such as CME and paid time away are going to be prorated oftentimes based on FT, the FTE that you have. So if if you have a 0.5 FTE that you're working, you might get half of the CME or half of the paid time away that a full-time employee might be um, might be earning in their work. Um, so those are a couple of things that are prorated. Um, I would say check on healthcare benefits. What what does eligibility look like? You might yeah. not be eligible if you're below a 0.5 FTE um, for healthcare benefits. So you want to check to see when can I become eligible for healthcare benefits, and also what are the how does the FTE affect the premiums? Because you might pay a, a slightly higher premium for healthcare benefits. Um, based on your FTE. Those are definitely some things I check in on. I've um, seen that. I've seen mm-hmm. people do that where like they they have to pay higher premiums. Yeah. Um, but folks, the reason I'm bringing this up, and I should have mentioned this in the earlier, I, that's my bad as a host, is there's a Medscape uh, report that came out this year. It's the Medscape Physician Lifestyle and Happiness Report 2022. Not all of you guys fell into this, but there's a large portion that do. So 55% of physicians would take a pay cut to have a better work-life balance. I ain't say that. That's what that study says. That report says that. So we got to go with the numbers. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people out there, a lot of professionals out there are interested in learning to kind of maybe pull back and be open and honest about what they really want in terms of their work style, if it means cutting you know, a portion of their salary. So, right. you know, I'm interested. Have you ever seen any negative effects from any employers finding out that a doctor is looking for part-time work? Um, I'd say that the only negative that I can think of are when it's it's not a possibility. If for some reason, operationally, they're not able to accommodate a request like that. Um, in that case, if it's truly a deal breaker for a candidate to have have a part-time position, then that 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 opportunity might not be the right fit. Um, so that I, I would say is is the biggest negative that I could foresee. Is there lingo that hospitals are using or, you know, an employer may be using so that you know if something is negotiable or not negotiable, like in the actual job description? Or is it just, you know, the devil's in the details? You just got to ask. You just got to ask. Gotcha. Um, I would say, because even a job advertisement, something that's posted online, it may not say, explicitly we're open to part-time but they might might actually be open to it um so i would always always ask it never hurts now in terms of writing a cover letter 
Because mm-hmm. I know you mentioned that it's really nice if a doctor has their CV and possibly a cover letter. But I just want to ask you, like, is doctors, are doctors really still writing cover letters? I feel like this is like an old <laughs> relic. Is that still necessary? Um, it is not a necessity. Um, oftentimes, we just get CVs through application portals or, or emailed to us. But I would say a lot, I do see a lot of cover letters. Um, and it's always refreshing to see it because I think it's a great way for somebody to explain a little bit about their background and what, what they're interested in. Um, I would say the most commonly what I see is an email introduction, just a, you know, attachment of the email, but also, you know, here's a little bit about who I am and, and what, why I'm, I'm interested in this opportunity that caught my eye. How long should like a cover letter be? Like two pages, one page? Oh, no, I don't think it needs to be that long. Even just a few sentences, it could suffice. But I think um, it, most commonly I would see a paragraph. Yeah, okay. so short it. and sweet. Okay, all right, I like it. So, okay, we were talking if, talking about it from the perspective of young doctors, young mm. folks, young mm-hmm. nurses, whoever is coming in, everybody who's coming in, they're young. But like, you know, I, I guess technically I can say it now. I'm 10 years deep. I, I guess I'm officially mid-career. <laughs> what about yeah. mid-career doctors, mid-career healthcare professionals? What's the driving force for them seeking less than 1.0? Do you even yeah, see that at all? I do. I think across the board, I see it. Um, people coming right out of residency fellowship, people mid-career, but and also late career, um, people seeking less than 1.0. And I would say for the mid-career folks, um, what I'm seeing most commonly are um, balancing uh, home life with, with work life. And oftentimes there are children involved, um, especially if there are two physician spouses. Um, oh, yeah. That happens a lot where actually happened fairly recently with with a candidate I was speaking with, um, two of them actually, um, where they said, you know, we have kids and there just needs to be a little bit more of a balance. We can't both be working full time. Um, So that is something I see quite often. And also um, people who want to People who want to pursue other things outside of clinical work. Um, so they, they want to be have, docs outside the box. You exactly, can say, Sarah, come on now. A hundred percent. They might want to have their own <laughs> podcast. They might want, you know, there are lots of things. I, some people want to teach. Um, some people want to do administrative work. So just e- extra time that they can have to pursue pursue other interests of theirs. Mm, yeah. Um, just as an anecdote, folks, that's kind of how me and Renee live. Like we have our kids center at the center of our life. And um, obviously our relationship is at the center of our life also. Um, I didn't realize it initially, but Renee said she wanted to be part-time mainly because we had just recently gotten married. We had been dating long distance for several years through residency and fellowship. So this is the first time that we were actually getting to really know each other and learn to live with each other. And being in a household where, you know, full-time OB, full-time trauma, we would have been like this, right? Just kind of like sliding doors past mm-hmm. each other high and by. And I don't know if that would have led to like a really strong relationship in the beginning. So she asked for a part-time gig. They obliged her. And then, you know, when it was time to have kids and then take care of kids, you know, we made it a pact also, which is the children will always have a parent with them, no matter what. So we, it, it, the way how it works is when she is working, I don't work. When I am working, she doesn't work. And it could be a little bit, um, it could be a little bit 
uh, hard to manage. Sometimes the ca- the calendars don't necessarily, you know, correlate. And sometimes there's literally a situation where I'm coming home that same day from a locums that's four hours away. And as soon as I get there, she's waiting there with the kid. And then she runs off to her per diem job or wherever it may be. And then she gets in her car and leaves. We don't like those, but those are few and far between. But it's a, it's a lifestyle that we both appreciate. It's a lifestyle that we feel really comfortable about. And just want people to know that there's so many different ways that you can skin a cat. There's so many different ways that you can live your life, balance your life, balance your career, and be happy all at the same time. Because it's not just me saying this. You can see by this Medscape uh, article, Medscape report that 55% would take a pay cut. And that also means, you know, possibly cutting other benefits, you know, in order to have a better work-life balance. So, Sarah, this was great. Thank you so much for teaching us about the ability to get less than 1.0 FTE. If folks want to learn more about you, if they want to contact you so you can help them start this process of maybe leaving one job and going to another job or just looking for a job in general, how do they get in contact with you? Oh, my goodness. Well, email uh, works great. And we also have a website as well. Um, Would it be okay if I just ramble it all off or... Yeah, so the web, I'm sure the the website we'll put on the show notes. Um, do you Perfect. so do should people contact you directly or should they just go straight through the show notes and and go through? Oh yeah. Okay. All they right. So folks, we're gonna go, to go ahead, notes. please. The show notes sound great, and my email address is my first name dot last name Sarah S A R A H dot Ledbetter L E D B E T T E R at P S D Recruit dot org. Sarah, this was dope. Thank you again for coming on. For those people who are starting their whatever positions they are in residency, or if you're just recently just out, make sure you check out Provider Solutions and Development. They're going to take you all the way from step A to step Z to help you find the job, figure out what your deal breakers are, educate you. They do all of that. And that's why we team up with them with Docs Outside the Box. We are going to catch you guys on the next one, y'all. Peace. Hey guys, thanks again for listening as well as supporting Docs Outside the Box. Listen, this show is produced by Darko Media Group and the dope audio experience is edited by the one, the only Christian Parry, also known as your podcast pal. Links to him in the show notes. Listen, this is Dr. Ning, the Doc Outside the Box. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.